Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are chatting with one of our all-time favorite hairdressers, Sally Rogerson. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my co-host with me today, Erin Gray, and let's jump right into it. Welcome, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. It's really, really great to be here with you guys. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) What I think is so fun is Sally was the very first guest artist I think that you ever had. Ever. Yeah. Cool, Annie. Yep. Um, really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we met you the same day because that is how Sally and I met was she, she was a celebrity artist at a school that I was currently working at, but you have, you not only own or co-own a hair school and an advanced academy, but you have like a pretty interesting starting out story. It's very different from what I think we're used to here in the States. And that was kind of I thought that would be fun to dive into. Like a oh, little sure. hair history, if you will. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, do you want the clean version or the real version? Or what? Oh, we want, want the real version. Yeah, we, we want, want the, the real. Down and dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, what did that look like for you? Like, how old were you when you started? What was that thought process of, I'm going to go into yeah. this career? I mean, I, t- I do tell my story, but I don't, I don't very often kind of go into it very deeply but um you know when I was uh school you know I mean I didn't ha- I I just I just was very much my own person you know I mean you know I had friends and everything but I didn't really care I've always been a very insular person and I was just into a lot of things that nobody else was into you know from like a music and a fashion and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so when I was about 15 um I lived in a very small town in the north of England and this is before the internet and all of that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. uh I used to work you know three jobs and um save up and get fashion magazines, you know, like ID and, um, you know, all of those kinds of ones and just kind of live a fantasy life through, you know, imagining that I was going to nightclubs in London with amazing outfits and clothes, but I wasn't. I was living in a small town in the north of England where it rained a lot. But I was really, really, really into designers and, you know, like I said, everything, music, hair, um, art, but very much fashion. And um, there just wasn't anything literally where I lived. There wasn't anybody else into the things that I was into. And I also worked at a hair salon, like on a Saturday, shampooing hair. And they would give me the most crazy haircuts. And so... I wasn't really into hair. It was just a job. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I had the most bizarre haircuts and colors and that kind of stuff. And so I would be asked to leave school because of my hair quite often. <laughs> and unfortunately, my dad was the deputy uh, headmaster. So it was very embarrassing for my family. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They were so proud. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I was really good at school, straight A's. You know, I've got a very good kind of math brain and that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. I wasn't I wasn't like a naughty kid at all I was just a bit different and um you know I used to just go and find things and go and do stuff uh all the time like by myself or with 
some of my older friends, you know? So mm-hmm. I was definitely sneaking into some nightclubs. Uh, I was going to, um, you know, some clubs where it was like really gothic and, um, there was a lot of stuff going on and I was, you know, living the nightlife when I was about 13, 14, but, uh, I think people just didn't really know what to do with me. Let's just put it that way. And I still feel like that now, if I'm totally honest, right? That's when I got into hair, to be totally honest with you. Um, I liked to go to different cities to try and see what fashion was going on there and that kind of stuff. So a friend of mine really wanted to do hair. So she was going to see a hair show and um, she asked me to go with her. And it, it was like, of course, it's in Leeds, which was a, the nearest big city to me. And I'd put on all of my so-called cool outfits. But then when you got to a big city, you were like, oh, no, this is all like a year old. Do you know what I mean? Oh, people, are, yeah. people are way ahead than this. Yeah. I grew up in Texas, I totally know. Yeah. And get on the train, like all dressed up, like your best stuff on. And then as the train slowly got closer and closer and closer to the city, all of these people got on with like much cooler outfits than you. And you were like, oh my God. I remember going to that hair show and thinking, I'm so deeply uncool. And I, I didn't have very much money. And I went to a vintage shop and bought a couple of things and put those on in the changing rooms and then went to the hair show and on stage were um just really weird looking people in crazy outfits and they were doing hair that I'd never really thought about do you know what I mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but what happened was because all of the hairdressers that were there were very um they all thought there was something really special and everyone was there to just be seen that they were all sat in round tables having dinner as well and nobody was paying any attention to the team that was on stage. And they were all just chatting and eating their food and stuff. And I just kind of felt really upset about it. Like, uh-huh. really, <laughs> uh-huh. like these people on stage are doing these amazing things. And all of you are like, you know, acting like you know everything and you can't get anything out of that. It's such a weird vibe to me. You know, people like had their backs to them and stuff. So I think I was probably stood right up at the front staring at them to try and make it, you know, feel better for them. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was crazy. Like the the people up there were all from Vidal Sassoon in Leeds. And, um, you know, it was just everything I was looking for. I'll be totally honest. It, again, mm-hmm. wasn't about the hair. I just thought these people know about this fashion that I've been looking in the magazines for years about. Um, they know about the music that I'm listening to. They're way cooler than me. I'm going to be able to learn stuff from them. Mm-hmm. And so it was more a case of that than anything else. And so I went straight up and said, <clears throat> I need to get a job here. And um, uh, they kind of gave me some forms and stuff. And then I went home on the train again, uh, mm-hmm. went home, told my parents that um, I was going to have um, a job as a hairstylist. 
and they uh, completely were like, absolutely not. There's no way you're doing that. And I literally ran away from home. I just packed some stuff and I said, I'm going anyway. And I ran away from home, went to go and have my interview. And the same thing, I got outside the salon because at the time, you know, Vidal Sassoon salons were like, you know, like the, definitely the top salon in, in any city, you know? Right. So I was still only 16. So even though I had a lot of bravado, I was still very scared inside. I was just putting on a good show. And I remember just walking past the salon and pretending I wasn't going in. So I just walked past and kind of did a bit of a recce. And inside were like amazing people in Comte Garçon. And, you know, it was like, oh, my God. So then I remember I walked past again and then I thought, I can't go in. I can't, it's just, I can't go in. It's just too scary. And so I think I went and had a cup of tea in the cafe around the corner and like talked myself into it. And eventually went through the door, uh, sat with about 30 people, and it was a mass kind of audition interview. Yeah, it was just really interesting. Two people were there. They started kind of, it was like American Idol or something like that. It was, wow. <laughs> it, was, it was really cutthroat. It was like, okay, everybody, uh, I need you to name two um, designers. And so you kind of went around the room and you had to say two designers. And if you couldn't think of one, then I think you kind of got ushered out. And then it was like the next round. It was it was pretty hardcore. Um, and then I remember getting through to the second round. So they probably cut like half of the people that had gone. So then you come back in and then you have like one-on-one interviews and they talk to you, you know, about why you want to do it, all of that kind of stuff. And then, I don't know, it went down to about five. So all these people are leaving And then I think, I can't remember exactly now, but I think I had to like assist for an hour or something, you know, just Mm -hmm. something. So eventually I got the job and uh, I moved to Leeds and I literally lived in uh, somebody's closet on the floor. I just had like uh, a little sleeping bag and I slept under their clothes in a closet on the floor. Wow. (laughs) And I think it was five pounds a month I had to pay them but at the time I remember very specifically I used to get paid 35 pounds a month wow that's how old I am so you were paying 20 pounds a month then to live there so I was paying like five pounds to live in the closet not literally the closet uh I was getting paid like 33 pounds a month as an apprentice and then I worked in a bar in on a night to try and you know make some money because that's just how it was, you know. I walked uh-huh. to work. Um, I had enough money to either buy a Mars bar or get on the bus. And so... If I can't have my candy bar, then it's like we're... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in England, you see, they don't really tip, so you couldn't rely on getting any tips. Uh-huh. So you just didn't, just didn't eat. But, you know, hopefully a stylist did, like, look after you and give you something. but it was very very scary environment the first day I walked in you know it was it was pretty intimidating there was like 30 stylists all working in a really long salon and all the clients would sit on the bench and everything and at the time each assistant uh sorry each stylist had two assistants one assistant would be a senior assistant that could blow dry and do more and one would be you know shampooing and just seeking the next client and all of that kind of stuff so um yeah I don't know I got into it pretty well I'll be totally honest for the first six months I never went in the staff room I was too scared 
too scared to go in the staff rooms, too scared. What if someone wants to talk to me? What am I going to say to them? Right. Because, you know, at that time, assistants, you weren't allowed to speak unless someone spoke to you. Um, and so you would stand there and hold hair or just stand there next to the, to the client. And that's, it was really very big service. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty brutal. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. What was the education like? I mean, cause you kind of started from nothing, right? Yes. Started from nothing. You know, it's an apprentice situation. So you used to do training once a week, you know, uh, you know, you go through all of the kind of classics and all of that kind of stuff, but, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, to be honest, you know, you had to get all of your models, uh, so I used to be out till like two in the morning, making sure I'd got the models. Just, I mean, I would end up in nightclubs still looking for a bob. It's like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would have been walking around since like five o'clock trying to find a model and I'd do it every single night. And then if I had a class the next day, I couldn't go home until I found a right. model from somewhere. Right. You know, I can remember myself and John Bial, John Bial, um, he was a barger, but uh, we started together. I was 16. He was a little bit older, but about the same age. And I can remember my final test and a still one of my models had canceled on me. And we were literally in a nightclub at two o'clock in the morning, not drinking or doing anything, just walking around asking people <laughs> to be models. Because <laughs> we were so desperate because you would get into so much trouble. Right. We were just sent home immediately if you didn't have a model. So a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is such a contrast to what we have here where, oh, yeah. you know, very like, well, sweetie, you can't get a model maybe next time, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, it was, I, it was very hard and people mm -hmm. were very mean. Yeah. Very yeah. And, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not looking back and being like, Oh, the good old days. Cause it wasn't, it, it was a fun time in my life, but I was young so I could kind of handle it. But you know, um, most assistants cried every day. I mean, that was pretty normal. It's brutal, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know, what good. I love is that you you took this, like, huge career that you had at Fidel Sassoon and Sassoon Academy, and you really were kind of a pioneer in creating something that took all the best parts of mm -hmm. education and structure and discipline. But you you have so, there's so much of you in your curriculum and classes. And I think that people really respond well to it. And I, I would say like you really kind of started this, this idea of independent education and, and it's still being so incredibly prestigious because I think that when people, when people come out of your programs, you, you definitely know that if Sally has trained you, you're good. You know, Andy and I talked to, we talked to a ton of hairdressers and we talked yeah. to a ton of Unha unhappy hairdressers because that's yeah. when they reach out right like it's like oh my god I hate I'm I'm only folding towels and I'm only sweeping and, oh, and yeah. the three of us have talked about that before um but you kind of like swooped in with this huge solution yeah uh with this new six-week um and you call it the six-week intensive course right yeah exactly and um you know what I've done is taken all of my personal experiences and trying to remember what it feels like at, at that age and trying to remember what it feels like when you're learning for the first time and, you know, um, and also trying to also think what is 
modern, what is happening now, how do people want to be taught nowadays uh-huh. and not get stuck in that old-fashioned way of approaching teaching, you know? Just because uh-huh. I was trained like that does not mean that I'm going to train everybody else like that. I think that's a redundant way of teaching people. Uh-huh. I think especially after COVID and everything, nobody wants to be you know, berated all the time. Right. And whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, we have to be present in the time that we're in. We have to adjust ourselves to the society that we are in now. We can't be like, oh, okay, well, everyone needs to do what I did. That's a ridiculous notion. Mm-hmm. And anyone that's living in the past like that, I'm sure struggled to get assistance because Mm-hmm. That's not how people think right now. People do want things quicker. They want it easier. They want to get on the floor quicker. They need to make money. They need to have yeah. a life. And there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, we have a six-week program, and we worked out that it was probably about a year of what a salon owner could usually give their assistants mm-hmm. in training. Uh, because I've done a lot of market research. I've talked to a lot of people and most people are getting trained once every two weeks, something like that, maybe Mm -hmm. even half a day. So we're doing six weeks and we go through all of the foundation stuff, foundation haircuts, foundation coloring. So we do our classic haircuts. We do barbering, clipper work, fades. Like I said, all of our classic um, color work, But most importantly, all of the theory work, all of the formulation, all of the hard stuff that people don't always understand fully. And we also do textured hair. We do a perm. We do curly hair. um, And then they're going to be doing some social media through your amazing um, training as well. And um, it's six weeks. We're doing three days a week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh And our next one that's starting is May the 21st. So we just finished um, one. And it was so amazing to see the people go back to their salon because pretty much all of them have gone on the floor as a stylist. So they came in as apprentices and assistants and their owners it's fantastic for their business because we're sending back someone that can start actually taking some clients. I mean, maybe not super advanced, but they can start doing um, all of, you know, starting to build a clientele and make money Mm -hmm. and make money, but not Mm -hmm. just make money for themselves, but make money for the salon owner as well, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want. We don't want apprentices that are going to be there for three years right? We want to get people on the floor. We want to get them productive and get another assistant to do what they were doing and just keep it rolling, you know? Yeah. And then Sally, were they, um, like, were they working during the week when they weren't with you? Okay. And that's why we've done it like that. We do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Originally we were doing Wednesday as well, Mm -hmm. but we've realized that people were just getting very tired because they were working the other days of the week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I actually kind of got some feedback from salon owners and they were like, maybe three days is better because then at least they can have a day off. Right. Right. And you're still able to get through all of that, through all of that curriculum. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, you know, we'll continue as well. Um, we'll plan to do a level two. 
like uh, I said before, we also have an editorial team now that does London Fashion Week. So um, actually, that's another thing. I've got three people who are on the six-week class. They have chosen to come onto Fashion Week. Amazing. How cool. Yeah. So they're now on our Fashion Week team for a year, and they'll be doing London Fashion Week, not just as an assistant, like as a proper stylist. They'll do all of their training. Uh-huh. So it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's incredible, especially for somebody who potentially just came out of school and is still yeah. in the beginning stages of learning to be like, I'm yeah. going to go work London Fashion Week. Like, yeah. Like a dream come true for a lot of young stylists, for sure. Oh, of course. That's yeah. the first thing people say. I say, what do you want to do with your career? Oh, everybody. Fashion yeah. or film yep. or whatever, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna move to LA and do celebrity hair. Just yeah, for the movies. Okay, cool. How, but you know what? I think okay. So as as someone who used to work in the school system, and and I would ask them on their first day, "What do you want to do?" And that was 100. percent Everybody was just gonna move to LA and yep. you know do hair for TV shows, and models, and whatever. And yeah. it was zero plan, right? But I think, Sally, like what's so cool about this class that you have coming up is that there's here's the plan. Here's the roadmap for how you actually do session work and how you actually kind of book those gigs and work under somebody who is already doing it and financing their life by doing it, which is mm-hmm. so rare, right? So um, and so you have, I mean, there there was no clear roadmap. I think before this really, because it just was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to move to LA and then they're going to call me. And that's not (laughs) how life works. Um, And you're kind of like, well, actually you're going to get paid for about five years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I think this gives people a very clear path for you know i'm gonna do this i'm I'm guaranteed to do london fashion week but also if i do a really good job then you know there's the potential that when john vial is in la or is in new york that i'm going to assist him on those things too you know yeah john rings me up from all over the place like he's coming over to um la now to do a music video he just did uh, last time he was here in January, he did Rita Ora. Um, he just did Kylie Minogue's um, front cover for her new album. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's working all the time. And right. I'm the first person that he rings. I mean, la, 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 la. Can you find me two assistants <laughs> for tomorrow? I mean, I'm not going to start ringing someone I don't know. I'm only right. going to be ringing the people that are around me that I can speak to quickly. And mm-hmm. it's usually, if I'm honest, it's usually like who's in front of me, which is much <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that that people from, you know, because if you aren't in the LA area, right, yeah. like there aren't as many opportunities, but if you were really interested in doing something like that, um, do you think that it would still be, a valid kind of thing for them to do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you are able to do the training and if you are able to do um, the finishes that John requires Mm -hmm. for you to be able to do models of London Fashion Week, that just takes you into the stratosphere in your Mm -hmm. salon because you might think you can blow dry good, but wait until you see an editorial stylist. Oh, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. it's a whole totally different. 
story. <laughs> yes. So <clears throat> it's amazing because especially if you do any like bridal stuff in your area, mm-hmm. your work's mm-hmm. going to be absolutely out of the park. You know, mm-hmm. you can also start doing just some little mini, uh, you know, photographs and collections yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to give you that confidence to reach out. And I think that there's more and more and more work that's not based in LA anymore. I mean, Atlanta, you do as much filming in Atlanta now for music videos oh, uh, mm-hmm. as you do in LA. I mean, yes. you know, so Utah. The, yeah. 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 Utah, all of Disney. It's Disney all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those days of everything happening in LA are kind of mm-hmm. over, to be honest yeah. with you. So you can get work anywhere. And also I just think you know, the standard and the level that you're going to be at, there's not going to be that many people in your area that have that. Right. So you could definitely join an agency and work with the um, agencies there and production companies. And when does that start, Sally? What are the dates on that? Uh, so July is the first class. It starts, um, we are half full right now. So it's just, um, wow. I mean, I spoke to about four people this morning on the phone about it. So it's going to be full, uh, but it can only be first come, first serve. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I can't say okay. places or anything. Yeah. So July the 9th, I think, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th is when the okay. class starts. Um, then we need to be in London on the September the 15th for four days. We'll okay. be meet, meeting John there. We'll be doing some practice. We'll be going through the looks. Um, we have to go to some Fashion Week parties, obviously. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> How will you guys survive? I don't know. Uh, we'll have to have a dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably about four or five days in London. Gotcha. Then in January, I think it's the second week in January. It'll be in LA. Another four days of training. So the first four days is blow drying, setting, ponytails, finishing, all of that good stuff. The mm-hmm. second time. In January, we'll go into wigs, um, you know, uh, wrapping to get a wig on, uh, wig work, uh, extension work, pieces, making pieces for, um, you know, for special effects, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then February, we'll be in London again uh, doing another show for fashion. Wow. Incredible. So it's a yearly membership. Yeah. Okay. So we'll link um, on this podcast then all of the details on how to, how to join this mm-hmm. team or I, it's an interview process. Is that right? Uh, yeah. They can just reach out to me. You can just, um, you know, message me on Instagram okay. or whatever you want to do um, or email me, but yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest. And, and if okay. anyone has questions, they can just reach out to me anytime, set up a call and uh, we can have a chat. Yeah. And how much, how much is this program, Sally? Uh, this program is, if you can pay in cash, you save um, just under $1,000. Okay. So it's $7,000 if you can pay all up front. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to do a payment plan, you can put down a deposit of $1,500. Mm-hmm. And then you would pay every month. For a year, I think it's like 580 a month, something like that. Okay. Um, so you get a discount. So it's 7999 really, full price. Um, but if you can pay all in full, it's 7000 Okay. And then 
just for people that may listen to this episode and kind of miss out on this upcoming opportunity, is this something that's you're going to be doing every year that they, if they can't make it this year, are they able to apply um, and interview for next year? We will see basically. I mean, ultimately you never know because it depends on what show you're doing. So some shows there's sure. 40 models, sometimes some shows there's 10. So yeah. we're taking 20 uh, now, 20 people now. If those 20 people want to stay in for year two, year three, we'll have to assess and see if we can take anybody else on there. So I would Absolutely. really encourage, yeah, I'd really encourage anybody that wants to do it to kind of join now if they can. But we are hoping to then do Tokyo Fashion Week and Seoul Fashion Week. And um, we'll probably be starting another team, but basically we'll be doing the training in Asia. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> Which is so that'll be convenient awful. for our Midwesterners to uh, yeah. get to them like LA. Um, <laughs> do, if someone wanted to apply, is it something that even if they were like maybe towards the end of their schooling or, you know, working as an assistant, like, like, would this still be possible for them? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Even if you are a newer assistant, mm -hmm. you can still be on the team and do hair because okay. most of the time we have two people on one model. Okay. You know, or we end up just doing like a little bit of a factory line, mm -hmm. you know, like you're doing the ponytail, you're doing the, this. So, um, yeah, there's always something to do. And then obviously you'll be set homework as well to practice. Okay. So. If you come and do the training and then you practice hard, if you know, really hard, um, you know, it's up to you, but yes, everyone will be doing hair. Nobody's just going to be getting the, co the coffee. Okay. <laughs> we'll have like, we'll have like runners for that kind of stuff. Right. If you're right. on the, on the hair team, you'll be doing hair. Well, Annie and I are volunteering to go. I know, and I'm like, coffee. So I'm that, really good at getting we'll coffee. We'll be so. there to sweep the floor. Totally. No, I love that. I love that. That's, that really is such an incredible opportunity, you know, and I know, I know sometimes like that can feel like a huge chunk, but gosh, to be able to do it in payments. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's huge. Right. Like it is ever people are paying $500 a month for their cars. Right. Exactly. Um, that's the world we live in. So yes. to invest, and to unfortunately, invest for, um, you know, for fashion week and everything, unfortunately nowadays it has become a commercial enterprise mm -hmm. and it is very rare that you can get yourself through those doors and into those rooms anymore yeah. because, yeah. you know, it's just, everyone belongs to a team and everyone's paying L'Oreal are paying Tony and Guy are paying, everyone's paying mm -hmm. to have their team at the designer. Mm -hmm. So John's, you know, kind of a little bit more independent. So it's really good that we can build more of an independent team. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's always doing various shows anyway. So it just makes Sal sense. Sally, when you were, you know, walking past in, in front of the, the Dalsassoon salon before you went in for interview, did you ever imagine yourself where you are today? Yeah. Like was, was this the original goal? No, I didn't really have a set plan, but I, I had, that's what I'm saying. I had very clear, I don't know. I did a lot of competitive sport. My dad was a PE teacher. So I kind of grew up as a boy playing football most of the time, soccer. So I don't know. I just, just never, 
I'd rather not do something if I was doing it half-assed or I, if I didn't want to do it. Like if it wasn't yeah. my passion, then I wouldn't be in this job. Like I don't want to. I don't want to have a job that I don't like. I don't want to have a job that's boring, and I don't want to have a job that I'm not satisfied in. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah, I always imagined, and my dream was always to you know, open a a school of my own, have my own business and all of that kind of stuff. So, and I've always got new goals kind of every year, you know, it never ends. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I've failed many, many times on huge, huge, huge um, platforms, you know, like that's why I specialize in training people how to teach. I mean, that's my specialty because no one really taught me how to teach. You were just Mm -hmm. thrown in there. And I've, bombed real hard and (laughs) you know I've had everything like happen to me I remember being in Japan and I was in front of um like 50 hairdressers and they were all very prestigious uh salon owners they were all men every single one of them Mm -hmm. and I was only in my 20s then and we were running behind for a presentation we were doing and I remember someone just saying to me oh, can you just go on for like 30 minutes and talk about graduation? I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> what? But with, with, with nothing, no screen, no cutting hair, no doll head, just me up there talking about graduation. Wow. Like, and I remember doing my graduation. A little song and dance. Yeah. I mean, it was over in about two minutes. And... Uh, <laughs> Then I just, they kind of just were like giving me the carry on, entertain people. And I remember just babbling on for about another half an hour and I could see everybody just like uncomfortably shifting in their chair. It was all very awkward because I was just kind of saying the same thing over and over again. And, uh, you know, I was only like 26 or something, you know, I didn't have the experience to do that. (laughs) It was just like, go and do it. Oh, okay. So I've bombed and I've, and I've, I've done a lot of things where things haven't gone my way, mm-hmm. but it's just, and you guys know, I mean, Erin's been through a lot of stuff with me yeah. um, <laughs> and I've failed in a lot of things, but the key thing is, is just trying to approach it like it's a business and not taking things personally, which I know is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, are you going to get up again and make it work? Or are you just going to give in? And I just have more of that attitude where I'm going to keep going. I'm going to find a way to make this work. I'm going to find a way to get through. And, um, I mean, the last two or three years have been horrendous for me. You know, I mean, I lost all of my advanced business because no one was taking any classes and so you know been through a lot definitely but you just have to kind of keep going when I love that you have that mentality of like facts not feelings you know that it really is like like what we're doing here is your career it's you know it 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 is your job um and you know like what let's move through it. Um, maybe that's like some Sassoon and you, I think that it's probably also how you grew up. I mean, it's definitely how I grew up. Soon experience was very similar to how I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably why it worked so well. It was just an extension of your childhood. Um, but yes, I I definitely have, I'm also very stubborn as well. So I don't Mm -hmm. give in things very easily. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe that if you pay money, if you come to my class, 
it is my job absolutely to try and make sure that you leave with the information that you have in a supportive way. I try and teach you at your experience level. You know, we try and have some right. fun as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make you go and stand in the corner. I believe people learn much better when they're happy. But, of course, we're still going to be challenged, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I just I just really care about anyone that comes to our class. And then they're in the family then, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I spoke to someone this morning that wanted to come on the editorial team, and I was a cosmetology teacher like 15 years ago. Wow. And she was like, it's Daisy. Do you remember me? And I was like, we've got black hair. And I cut your your fringe too short once. She's like, yeah. (laughs) So I think to me, it's it's caring about people. It's not just doing your job. It's actually caring about them, wanting them to be successful, wanting them to get a good career. If there's anything I can do to help them get placed, get a job, anything, I'll do anything I can to to help people. Mm -hmm. Right. I think what I've always personally found really inspiring by you, Sally, is because I've had the opportunity to listen to a lot of your stories that you've told over the year, just about your life and and your experience, is that there have not been a lot of instances that I know of where you have refused to do something that made you feel uncomfortable. I always find that really inspiring of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were just... You know, you had to go on stage for 30 minutes and talk about graduation. And instead of being like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. Like you went and you, you did it anyways. Well, you didn't have a choice to be fired otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) I have to be honest. I never say no. I never say no to things because unless I know it's something that I absolutely cannot do, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just go home and revise the crap out of it and I'll just practice the crap out of it. And by the time I go to that thing, I'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's how I approach everything, you know? Yeah. But I think it's such good advice for other people, especially for students that are listening yeah. to this podcast. Like it's not just like going and doing the it one time, but it's, it's going home and practicing and practicing and practicing until you can be better to go and present it in a way or do the cut or color, whatever it is, you know, it's not just being present in the salon or in school, but it's, it's being present in your career, in your life, kind of across any opportunity that you get, you have to go. Mm -hmm. Right. I I don't care. I mean, I've been in situations where I have absolutely no money. I, I, I could either go to this thing that's going to help my career or eat that day. And I'll go to the thing for my career. I mean, mm-hmm. build you know? a closet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that is like the hair nerd life though. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this, even if I can't eat. Like well, Aaron and I have done that so many times. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. But All the granola bars. Yeah. yeah. To be successful these days in anything, doesn't matter what you do, mm-hmm. you've got to put that work in, you know, like I always think people, people get a bit jealous of like, people who are really big social media stars, mm-hmm. like when people started to get really big, I can remember experienced hairstylists being like, well, I'm better at hair than them. It's not mm-hmm. fair. Why have they got this so stupid? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like because they are filming, editing, and doing this for 20 hours a day, yeah. and you're at home watching the Beverly Hills Housewives. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there's no way around it. You, yeah. you have to put in loads of work if you want to be successful there's no quick way even yeah. if you want to be insta famous that's still 
crazy work, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's in itself. It is. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So I agree with you. You have to apply yourself. You have to try and put yourself in that situation and you have to try and be in a room where you might potentially get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you're not in that room and you're at home, you're not ever going to get the opportunity. No one's going to yeah. call you up. Yeah. You have, you have to create space for opportunities for sure. Well, you have so many exciting things like happening and coming up right now. So many things. We have the six week class starting again in um, May the 21st that starts on a Sunday. I mean, I just love that class. I love teaching it. I just Oh, it's just so nice to see people's progression. Um, We also have the editorial styling class. Uh, We'll be starting a new teacher training program, salon training program. So anybody that is a salon owner feels like they want to train their staff, but they don't necessarily know what to do. Then we have a whole training program that we give to you and we teach you how to teach it as well. Um, And then I'm here now in... Koreatown in our beautiful salon. And I also have a business partner, Shannon Ra. She has loads of amazing color and razor mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, we've just got a lot going on. It's a fun, fun, fun time, I have to say. Well, and like I think um, I said, you know, there will be the link there so we can share all of that uh, so that people are able to join it. Are Absolutely. we allowed to talk about our London trip as well with you? Yeah. Absolutely. I like, I know that I'm really excited for that. (laughs) I am. So yeah, I'm really excited. The hair nerds have asked me to um, go with them to London for your London experience. That's Mm -hmm. in October, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm so excited. I know all the places to eat and all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking part. for, obviously. The best part. <laughs> all the and food. that's going to be for Salon International, isn't it? It is, yep. Which I have to say is one of the best hair shows in the world. I think the only other hair show that rivals that in my book is the Tokyo one, because that is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But the London one is amazing because you get people from all over the world there. And I think that that's just a really cool melting pot of of different styles, you know? Well, because I think when you go to the shows here in the States, it's, it's like a traveling circus, right? Like it's, it's all, it's all the same people, like yeah. mm-hmm. same show, new city. Um, and so it, once you've, once you've done a few of those, you've seen it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the appeal to the international shows is people who, who do not take the, who don't take the trip over to make, you know, the Nashville show yeah. uh, here in the States yes. are at the London Salon International. Mm-hmm. And I just think the crowd as well is just so diverse. You know, mm-hmm. you've got, yes. like I was reading an amazing article <clears throat> uh, yesterday about Fashion Week in different countries of the world. And they were showing pictures of the people who were attending Fashion Week and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and the fashion and everything. The street style. Yeah, and so they were, um, you know, showing people that were at London Fashion Week, people at New York Fashion Week, and then we looked at Tokyo Fashion Week. There was like a guy with like a fake extra shoulder. There was like some. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh my god! And it was all you could tell. It was all Yoji, Rickoins. It was all like top designer stuff, but really avant garde. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, there was a guy with an extra shoulder. Then there was someone else with like a a weird hair thing that was like a, almost like a hunchback, but it was like a hair thing. 
And then the hair was crazy. You know, it was all really slick down and like 500 pins in it. Wow. And like all, all of the ends were like little tiny wisp pieces that had been yes. curled. Oh my God. It was <laughs> yes. amazing. And everybody was in black. Right. <laughs> right. All the guys had like kilts and skirts on. Uh, it was just really, it was so interesting, you know? So I think you get a lot of inspiration when you go to a hair show or anything of the people that are there as well, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that the thing that you really connected to before you even started your career, like the fashion and, and that part, you really are still like seeking out and and being fulfilled by in in your career so many years later you know oh yeah absolutely i mean i used to when i was younger growing up i used to just go to vintage clothing shops you know find pieces take them apart re-sew them together and sell them to people so i was always doing that anyway and then when I, I left the soon for a few years and opened a um, vintage clothing and uh, furniture shop so I had that for about two years, um, and that was all me sourcing clothes, and then we would take them apart and put them all together. At the time, there was all of these Dutch um, designers. This one guy called Zuli Bet, and they were doing, you know, all of these amazing kind of recycled clothing, like on the catwalks, and uh, everything was like all like, had holes in it and it was all started to kind of come apart and it was all made out of secondhand fabric and stuff. So it was like a whole big trend and it was like into that grunge time and everything. And uh, Dries Van Norten, Zuli Bet, those designers. And so that was just like the hottest thing was taking stuff apart and, you know, reselling it. And again, I never had any training. I just kind of got a sewing machine and figured it out. Yeah. That's what you think, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of that full circle, that full circle moment. It it maybe doesn't look the way you thought it was going to, you know, as like a 13 year old flipping through the magazines, but gosh, what a, what a career you've had up until this point and still so, so many things kind of on the horizon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I'm definitely feeling really good about being in the hair world right now. I mean, everyone goes through ups and downs and ebbs and flows, you know, but, um, yeah, it just feels, it feels great. I mean, I still never made loads of money. I still, <laughs> but you know, I'm just that kind of person that still wants to be independent and wants to be allowed to go right. and do some crazy thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm a bit obsessed with that butterfly that's behind you now. I'm kind of obsessed oh. about that. <laughs> Thank um, you. But you know, like if you want to go and make some weird feathers, then you should be allowed to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. One day I'll have to sell out and go and work for um, <laughs> so you whatever. Can retire. whatever. Yeah. We all will. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> we'll just have like, um, we'll have like an old ladies kind of uh, distributor company selling, I don't know. I don't know how I got into this. Yeah. Well, Sally, I'm just so grateful that you took the time to hang out with us today. (laughs) And for anyone listening, please make sure that you follow Sally on all social media platforms. You can find her at Sally Rogerson, SR Harris Society. The school is SR 27 Academy in Scottsdale. There's all of the things. So make sure that you check out our description, all of the links in our bios and on all social media platforms. 
And I'm going to start a YouTube channel. That's that's the that's the thing that I've been wanting to do for ages. I just haven't been able to get it together. But I really want to just go and travel to different places and learn hair techniques from like that country. That do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so very cool. cool. Yeah, like Anthony Bourdain, but for yes. hair. <laughs> All right, yes. Let's just do that. Let's just go different countries and film stuff. I, I am there. Sign me so. up. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again. And I My appreciate pleasure. everyone on the podcast today. And thank you for all of our listeners. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Anywhere podcasts are streaming. You can also check out this video on YouTube as well. And thank you again. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thank you so Bye. much. It was a pleasure.